one thing that all of us would absolutely agree on, no matter what quote unquote side you're on, is that nothing is impacting the heart's minds, and behaviors of our children more today than technology. We all know it's right there. It is clobbering us. And today's guest, Chris McKenna, co-founder of Protect Young Eyes, is here to walk us through this from such a beautiful perspective. But I, I wanted to just say something here real quick with that quote is that one thing that really sticks out to me and my children, because they have said it, Matt and I have said it, How many kids do you notice walking around trying to stand still and talk to you or talk to their friends who keep flapping their arms doing ridiculous TikTok moves? What is that? Why are their minds so consumed with this? Well, it's intoxicating. It's addictive. It's seductive, if you want to say. It is just taking them over. It's what they are comfortable with in their digital baby age. And it's just the common life. So if we know that's what everyone is living with, then how do we bring it to our families so that we can protect them, but not let them dismiss all their technology because we know it's here to stay. We know they have to use it, but how are we going to protect them? Make sure you sit through this whole episode today. Take it all in. Write down notes if you need to. Really listen to Chris's phrases he's using, his analogies. You're going to leave with so much good advice that you can actually put into action in your families today. I don't think you're going to leave with any kind of shame. That is Chris's really big mission is to do this with shame-free parenting styles. But if you have those older kids where you've thought, oh my gosh, I've missed the boat, I think you're going to leave with some great ideas to jump back on with them. If you have younger kids, you're going to feel like you have this great plan that just works into your everyday life. And you're going to see how many incredible resources Chris has through Protect Young Eyes. Now, We talk a whole lot about faith-based, and the work he does with schools is a lot with Catholic diocese and so the schools within any religious schools. However, he does a whole lot of work with public schools as well. So don't let that throw you off if your children are in a public school system. This can absolutely reach out to them as well. And he's going to give us that at the very end, how to talk to our teachers or our principals about bringing this in. But let's get started here because this is a fantastic episode. I've been waiting since December to release it. It's so, so good. Chris McKenna is the founder and CEO of Protect Young Eyes. He is a man with never-ending energy when it comes to fighting for the safety and protection of children. Chris practices his internet safety tips on his four amazing children and is regularly featured on news, radio, podcasts, and most recently on Capitol Hill for his research. His 2019 U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee testimony was the catalyst for draft legislation that could radically change online child protection laws. The Protect Young Eyes team has performed over 1,000 presentations at schools, churches, and nonprofits. Other loves include running, spreadsheets, and candy. As Chris and the Protect Young Eyes team says, in homes where digital trust is high, 
digital friction is low. Let's build families like that. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to families that stick together to step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome friend with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now my mom, who always takes me to feed the duckies, Jennifer Zambia. Welcome to Families That Stick Together, Chris. I am just very pumped for you to be here. We share a whole lot of commonalities in just building strong families and making sure we set foundations that are going to carry our families through where we look back and we have as little regret as possible, right, in in creating these virtues and values. And I'd love for you to just share with us how your work, well, I will start by saying your work is unbelievably necessary and invaluable in today's world, because I think we're constantly swimming upstream in our culture. And it is an ongoing battle just internally within our own homes, as far as keeping up and knowing what to do. So tell our listeners what you do to build strong families and why you are so passionate about protecting young eyes. I wonder sometimes, Jennifer, the answer to that same question. I don't know why, but God has given me just an unending, sometimes can't sleep at night energy when it comes to the safety and protection of children. It wasn't something that was at the beginning of my career. I started off as a CPA. The Lord called me into full-time ministry. So I was in business for 12 years, then worked at a local church for six years, working with junior high kids. And since that time, I just, I, I, I can't turn it off. Like I just want to do whatever possible. And this is the battleground. The formation that is happening of the hearts and minds of our kids through their technology is the most influential influence over them right now. So, and you know, it is, you do sometimes hear it talked about like streaming, swimming upstream, right? That we're battling against it, but I don't think kids see it that way. I think more often, you know, kids don't see it as a battle. Culture is, I mean, they are just a part of it. So when I describe it to parents, I see it more like a marinade, right? When you marinate like in a soup, you want certain flavors to, to, to attach to whatever it is, the meat or whatever it is. And so we have to, I think, give our kids the right tools in that marinade, that soup of culture to let them know what things we believe are worth sticking and what things aren't. We don't want them totally detached from the world. Otherwise, they can't evangelize and be a light in some dark places. I want them in the world, but not of it. And so it's giving them the tools to know what things we let stick to them as they're marinating, as they're bouncing up against other influences, other people, other experiences, 
So they have a framework to go, okay, I want that one to stick, but I don't want that one to stick. And I'm going to talk to that one based on what I know, what I've been taught over the years. And there are very few things that are having a greater impact that are sticking more to kids right now than what they're seeing and experiencing in technology. I really like that you use the analogy of marinade, create this marinade where we can sit because that implies that we're actually giving it time as well and know that it's not a quick thing and there's not a reaction sort of mindset like, okay, this happened, now what do I do? It's no, let's prepare it from the beginning to have everything it needs, meaning our family and what we want our kids to to have as their tools. I love that. It, tell us more. You said this is the battleground you're called to. So you have four children of your own. I do. <laughs> I, I know they have been an integral part in you seeing this battleground even more apparent and necessary. Fill us in on, on a little of that, how this your passion has just been shaped by watching your own children, because I know they range from the age of nine to 16. So you have had quite a bit of time to watch that even evolve because your 16 year old was born in a time where you didn't even know what you were going to face because it has drastically changed. Yeah. And protect young eyes wasn't a thing as Lauren was coming up through the elementary school years, but you know, as parents started asking me a lot more questions, I was in middle school ministry from 2009 to 2016. And this is the emergence of portable internet devices. Parents are asking me a lot of questions. And then Lauren turns 10 and she wants a Kindle because she has seen friends who have had a Kindle or a tablet. And so this then launched me into what does that mean in my own family? And so we started to just experiment with different ways because we're a pro-tech family, right? So I want everyone to hear that you know, one of the tags we use at Protect Young Eyes is pro-kid, pro-tech, protect. Because whether you're 4, 14, or 40, I don't think it's responsible to bubble wrap our children from technology. It's a part of their lives. They're going to get dropped in the soup, whether we like it or not. It may not be on our Wi-Fi, but it's going to be in the Wi-Fi somewhere else because the ubiquity of technology demands that we embrace the parts that are God honoring and good and you know mold and shape our kids in a way, but we can't avoid it. And so I wanted to coach her through this and also protect her from places that whether you're my age or her age, none of us need to see, right? There are aspects of technology that are just not good for human beings. This isn't just a young kid, teenager thing. And I speak about that very openly and honestly as a man who struggled with pornography in my past. It doesn't matter how much you love Jesus. There are parts of the internet that are not meant for us to consume. And I don't care how strong of a Christian you are, neurologically, very few adults can say no once tempted. That's just the nature of some of it. And I've looked that darkness in the eyes and I wasn't able to resist it. So I know very like with a lot of personal experience, what it means with a fully developed adult brain to fall victim to some of those things. And then putting that in the empathetic context of kids to go, oh my gosh, with the brain where it's at in their development with a prefrontal cortex that isn't going to develop for another fully, you know, 15 years, they don't stand a chance unless we are walking alongside them and preparing them 
for a digital world that cares nothing about their well-being, that is built on a model of monetized attention. It does everything it can to rob them of as much conscious time and energy as possible. I need to prepare them for that space. And so that's what I looked at with my daughter and we've stumbled and bumbled and have tried a few things and have found that there are certain things, and this is from five years, a thousand presentations and talking to tens of thousands of parents, that there are what we believe are five things that if parents do them persistently and consistently enough, you tend to have children who learn how to use technology well. And then these are things that we've tried to incorporate in with my own children and watching Lauren with social media now and my sons who love video games and trying these ideas of modeling and co-play and curiosity and conversation and coaching, these ideas that create digital trust. And that's an important word for us, Jennifer. I want everyone who listens to this to really think about the meaning of digital trust because we believe that in homes where digital trust is high, digital friction tends to be low. And going back to what you said about marinade, you don't create digital trust in a night. You create digital trust by doing certain things persistently and consistently over years instead of days. And that's a really important idea for us. Goodness, there was so much, <laughs> so much packed into there that I just want to extract. I want to go back to the last thing you said um, when digital trust is high, digital friction is low. I want to go to that in a little bit. But one thing you said that I, I don't want to brush over is you said how many speaking engagements you and your team have had with schools and communities. And you said over a thousand presentations, right? That's right. Yep. Okay. So I, I, I want everyone to kind of digest that because this is a movement that you started because you saw the need and it has grown to something that is impacting, I'm going to say hundreds of thousands through your presentations. Do you even have a number on that? We have over a hundred thousand visitors to our website a month. You know, we, you know, somewhere around 1.5 million a year. So that's just in the digital space and, you know, in addition to the presentations. And so I, I, you know, I obviously have parts about technology I don't love, but I'm going to utilize it with a website and social media platforms as you do to spread as many you know, positive ideas as we can to help families. And so, yeah, that's been a huge help for us. You, you said, um, this is where you, you learn everything. You learn what parents need. And I, I just wanted to highlight this because I think as parents just going about our daily routine, it's hard to stop and take time to invest in learning all these things. And we think, oh, I'll grab a little piece here. I'll grab a little piece there. Oh, I follow this person on social media. I like what they're doing. Where Protect Young Eyes is a very trustworthy site for us as mothers, leaders of our families, the parents, to know we can be confident, hey, you've done a lot of research. You have spoken to a whole lot of parents. You've seen these kids. You know what they're going through. And we can be so confident that you're going to provide that for us. And I wanted to let our listeners know that and kind of bring that back because I, I think it's so hard to know who to reach out to and, oh, you know, where are they really getting their information from? Isn't this the same that everybody's putting out there? 
Yeah, I appreciate that, Jennifer. I take that responsibility very seriously. You know, a reputation isn't easily rebuilt. And so I want parents to know that whether they are faith-based or not, but for those that do want a faith-based perspective, I have walked in those shoes and we, you know, are, are a Christian family. I have a lot of experience in working with dioceses all over the country and when I'm not doing Protect Young Eyes, I do digital marketing for Covenant Eyes and lead our Catholic content team on that side. And I'm very familiar with the teachings of the church and how important the ideas of worth and significance and uniqueness and dignity and all these ideas that have been a part of scripture and history and, and tradition and how important it is to preserve those as we're helping our children interact with technology. Those things don't go away, yet those things are under assault, whether we want to admit it or not, through what they're watching on YouTube or through what they're watching on TikTok. So how can we help them take those things and again, bounce it up against the ideas and the the norms that we want them to without it sticking, right? And those are sticky voices. Those are voices that are persistent. They're on 24-7. And so the way I joke about it sometimes is if your kids aren't rolling their eyes at you yet, and the things that you want them to know, then you're not saying it enough. If we don't say it, then Dr. TikTok or Dr. YouTube or Dr. Google will, and they have 24-7 office hours. So we must be more persistent and consistent. And with a smile, yes, may they roll their eyes at us. Then you know you're in the right zone so that they remember those things. So My podcast episode from last week was that we need to be more mean parents in building our strong families because we can't just always think, oh, my kid will be mad at me if I do that. So I love that you just said, if they're not rolling their eyes enough, then you're not saying enough (laughs) because there, there is a whole lot of truth behind that. There is. There is. Let's sit here real quick because you were talking about faith. That is one thing I love so much about your mission, Chris, is that your commitment to providing faith-based resources for families surrounding screen protection for our, our families is really strong. You bring that into the schools, you provide it through so many great resources on, on your website with webinars, your app, everything. And there's definitely a lot of families out there that might not call themselves faith-filled, but we can't deny this is still so valuable for their families. And I think they would say that as well. Tell us why you agree with that, that this is just coming at them with so many strong values, even if you're not the faith-filled, quote-unquote, family. Well, one of the things that is true about technology is that it is extremely non-discriminatory. Whether you are a Christian or agnostic or a, you know, whatever, it affects all of us at a human level. And so I love being in this space because it creates a pretty neutral platform to have a conversation with a lot of different types of people. And one of the things that I hope people feel when they land in our digital spaces, be it in social media or the website, is this is a a parent shame-free zone. We don't need any more mom shaming, mom guilt, parent shaming. Oh, you gave your kid TikTok. You're a horrible parent. No, listen, 
there's enough parents feeling guilty about increases in screen time. And I'm failing as a parent because we've been on lockdown. I mean, 2020 has been a monster for parent guilt. Okay. We don't need any more of that. We're all feeling it. Even internet safety guys like me have like doubled screen time ourselves and have tripled it for our kids. We are all experiencing this right now. So you are not alone. And I want to cast a wide open net that (laughs) treats people the same way that Jesus treats me, which is shame off, you know, instead of shame on us, right? He wants to wipe it off of us. And I can't take credit for that. That's a quote from Cindy Baltimore, the leader of GEMS, an organization who I love. And so I want to invite, and if there's any, I guess, evidence of the fact that this is a space that is neutral and invites a lot of people in, there are like zero bipartisan issues in Washington, D.C. right now, but the Earn It Act that we're working on passed the Senate Judiciary Committee 22 to nothing. We got both sides to agree on child protection. So this is a spot where I feel like a lot of us from a lot of different perspectives, whether you label yourself as faith-filled or not, or devout or whatever, let's agree on protecting our kids and frankly ourselves from places online is good for all of us at a human level. And that's just something that's really, really important to me. We've made our resources as free and available as possible because I've not wanted there to be barriers between amazing intentional parents and helpful content. So there are some exceptions to that. We obviously have to run an organization that provides free content, but I think people who spend time with us would see that 90% of what's out there from Protect Young Eyes is free and open and available to you know whoever wants it. Um, the app does have a charge to it, but that's because we have spent a lot of energy to put something together that is almost like next level help, which is right in your pocket. And there's a scripture toggle to get faith-based internet safety lessons through a Catholic lens, because I have a friend who's a canon lawyer with a toggle, right? So it's a very unique resource that I'm starting to have a lot of interest from Catholic schools and dioceses in to say, hey, parents, here's this for you, right in your pocket. There's no excuse. You don't can't say I didn't know. It's right here. And that's what we want is that sort of instant, how do I set up screen time? What do I need to know about house party? What do I need to know about screen time sort of stuff right there in their pocket? So... that you sit on this episode today because you care deeply about your family. You care deeply that you are remaining strong, that you have all the tools to fight any external battle that is coming at us, and that all you desire for your family is to send them out into the battlefield with all the right armor, knowing that they indeed will remain strong and stand up for what is good and what is right. I also know that you believe what I do, which is strong communication in our families is central to continuing this journey and making those things happen that we desire for our families. So when you grab together for family dinner and pass it around your dinner table and you all peel the sticker, you know that you are guaranteeing that time together where you are going to pause, you're gonna listen, you're gonna laugh and connect through meaningful conversation that just happens and it happens in the small moments of your day because we understand our family of six is the same. We know that sometimes all you have are small moments. Let's make them big. Enjoy 
together for family dinner, together for date night, and together for Easter on sale now at togethermoments.com. Here's our bonus question with Chris. All right, Chris, this is your question from our Together for Family Dinner, Things That Make You Go category. What today made you say, how wonderful? I love that category because people who know me know that I go, go, go. What's wonderful today is there are some really exciting things, Jennifer, that are happening in the movement to protect children. So I opened up my email this morning and I had an email from Dawn Hawkins. She's a vice president at the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. And she was sharing news about what is happening to remove exploitive pornographic content from large pornography websites. And this is from a lot of different people, just regular parents writing letters and other effort to cause these behemoths to quit doing really horrible things online. And so that was waiting for me in my email this morning after my alarm went off at 4.30 to see what was going on. And that was a wonderful thing to read. Okay, that's awesome. And I am going to add that I keep seeing your social media posts lately coming through with your push to encourage people to do exactly this is indeed creating legislation being passed for this further protection of our children. So I'm going to say that when I see your social media posts, I say, how wonderful. This is awesome. One person making such a big difference and trickling into everybody is really making changes that have to happen. So thank you for that, Chris. You're welcome. What I love about your app, Chris, is you advertise it for the busy parent. You straight up say you can learn all this stuff in five minutes or less a day. And what an investment that is. I mean, five minutes, we we can do that while we're sitting in the car pickup line. We Our mom brain works like, where can I squeeze all this in? You have the time during the day and you're making it easy for us. Thank you for that. You're welcome. It's it's another way to sort of satisfy my kind of ADD squirrel running by brain. I just, I need little chunks. And that's the realization of that dream is like 50 to 75 word chunks, because sometimes that's all I have time for. So Well, and we appreciate that. Again, that proves that you know what we as parents in modern day world raising these kids need and and what's going to make us successful. Because again, we don't need even the personal shame, like, shoot, I want to do this, but I can't. No, you're making it easy. That's just awesome. It's awesome. It's brilliant. It's so helpful. And I'm so excited to be able to share you with our audience and our Together families because ah, I just know what you're doing is so... It's just changing the world. I do want to say um, another another quote that is showing how technology is changing our world is you say nothing is impacting the hearts, minds, and behaviors of our children today more than technology. And when I when I read that, I, I feel like I have to go back and read that again and think, ah, oh, is that true? It just it makes me kind of feel sick hearing that, even though I know it's true. So let's talk about this. I'd love for you to give us some facts here. And I'd like to chat about how so many parents are letting technology have this much control in their homes. And let's chat about what the alternative would be. 
letting the parents and our relationship with one another have the greatest impact in our families, but how that's a harder choice and not really by our own fault, but just because of the world we live in. I think the topic that is ironically the easiest for me to talk about and often the one that isn't the easiest for parents to hear about because they're maybe the most uncomfortable with it is the topic of pornography. So if just left on its own to do what it does, pornography is an extremely destructive instructor of God's ideas about what sex and intimacy and love and respect are supposed to be. So by its nature, it paints a very objectified, uh, at times violent, destructive, distorted view of what love and intimacy is supposed to be, okay? Therefore, the only way to combat that is years of intentional conversations and investment to tell our kids what the alternative to that is. Sooner or later, our children will come into contact with pornography. It will happen while under your care before they graduate from high school. If that is true, which I believe it is, and if the outcomes from porn consumption are the things that I've said, then our, like the alternative, if you want to talk about what the alternative to that is, is teaching our children with years of intentional conversations what that is, how to recognize it, and not just that it's bad, but why God's ideas about humanity and marriage and love and intimacy are so much better. We have to paint for them a better alternative because neurologically what porn will give them is almost irresistible because of the neurological we'll call it neurochemical firework display that it fires up hijacking the very neural pathways that God has designed for us to adhere to another loving human being right our spouse it hijacks those things which over time leads to an adhesion to pixels instead of people. And so if I could call to every parent just this urgency, like ask yourself, what is the right age that each of you think we should be having conversations about pornography? And often what happens is we come up with approximately the age in which we think they're going to be exposed to it. And so we should probably have it somewhere around that time. And I would say, I want two years. So whatever number is in your head, subtract two. And I'll tell you that age six isn't too early because what I want is two years of your ideas, your positivity, your openness, your digital trust building, your conversations, shaping and forming them before they run in to that neurologically addictive exposure of pornography. Because when I've talked to parents who have said, I had a conversation with my boy, he just told me that he had been looking at pornography and this mom shared with me that her son said to her, mom, I don't know what happened, but I just couldn't stop clicking. And mom couldn't understand that statement. I said, mom, if you understand the neurology of your 12-year-old boy, what he's saying is exactly true. It must have felt like an out-of-body experience because his prefrontal cortex is not yet wired to all of the things that say break, stop, not good for me in his brain. It's not going to happen until he's 25. When he told you he couldn't stop clicking, that's exactly what was happening. Okay, that makes me so sad. And oh, just to know what these kids themselves are going through when they can't stop that 
it also made me think, let's, let's sit a, a little bit on your comment. We need to invest years of these conversations, years. That can be a little intimidating as parents to hear because, because it requires work, but we need to step up and and be open to embracing that and and not let the secular world tell us otherwise. Because if we, if we just sit back, here's one thing that I was thinking also is how many TV shows are setting up my children on, on, you know, the, the shows that are supposed to be for kids, but they're already setting them up with themes that are making it easier to push them just a little further, a little further, a little to the edge. Oh yeah, girls dress this way. Yeah, this is how they act with their boyfriends. Oh yeah, marriage isn't a commitment. Don't worry about that. So many things that my kids are just watching on TV on a regular basis. And if I wasn't popping in and out of the room and and making sure I know what they're watching, it would easily just be this subtle thing that you don't pay attention to. And so I'm really happy that you just put that out there. Hey, everybody, this takes years and it's a commitment. And again, your app provides all those quick little bites that we need to get the conversation rolling and know where to pull from. It's just, it's a scary thing as a parent today, but I know that you also say it's possible to raise digital babies who use technology responsibly, which is what you said from the beginning was that our, our kids don't stand a chance if we don't walk beside them. So that means we're all still walking forward in this. It's just, we gotta, we gotta walk with them. Yeah. And I want to make sure that people don't hear me talking out of both sides of my mouth because Chris, didn't you just say this was a shame-free zone? And now you just burned me with the idea that I have years. And what if my child is 14? Have I already missed the window? Now I feel horrible and I don't believe you anymore. Okay. Let me talk to both sides of that for just a minute. I want years to be drips, not a thesis, not a research paper. What I'm talking about are literally little drips, little Holy Spirit moments, little windows, car time, mealtime, bedtime, little comments of whatever, little bits, right? Things where you just see an opportunity and you go, hey, what do you think about that, right? Asking an open conversation. And instead of freaking out when they see something on the TV that maybe isn't aligned with your values, to say, wow, that's different, isn't it, than what we've talked about? What do you think about that? And give them chances to chew on it because ideas that are chewed on are ideas that can be discussed and then you can solidify you know, the other side of it because otherwise it becomes the don't touch the wet paint syndrome. We all know what our sinful nature does with that. You run toward the things you don't want them to and they often run away from the other things. And so I, I want to make sure the parents hear that very clearly. This isn't needing to do, you know, uh, you know, putting together a master's thesis or anything. It is literally just praying and looking for little windows of opportunity. It's an availability posture of, gosh, I can say that one thing. Or have I reminded my kids recently that there's nothing that they could ever do online or offline that would ever change the way that I feel about them? Because if I haven't said that at least once a quarter to my kids, starting as young as possible, then when something egregious happens online at age 15, 16, or 17, they're not going to feel like that they have a soft place to land with me. 
That's just one statement, right? So I just want to make sure that parents don't hear shame in that burden of years. It's little drips. And, um, you know, I, one other thing I would say to parents who have older kids here in just a minute, but Jennifer, do you want to offer something else there? Before I just you- wanted to say something. <laughs> We're on video. He can see I took my mute off. I was just going to say, Chris, I- I'm glad you said that. And that's why I wanted you on this podcast with our audience is because the together way is exactly that. I created everything here and started this mission because I feel like our communication, our face-to-face communication is being threatened at every angle and we don't have to look at it exactly like you said. What? I have to sit down seven nights a week for dinner? I can't do that. Well, I know you can't do that. That's why I gave it to you on, like you said, bite-sized pieces on stickers where guess what? You can have this solid connection in 10 minutes because you were intentional and peeled the sticker and it gave you a prompt that worked. And so I appreciate that in you because if someone just follows you on social media alone, that's it, then they're going to get those little things where they can pull up a little quick conversation with their kid on the way to drop them at soccer practice or whatever, because you give that to us. So yes, I'm glad you did say that. Don't be intimidated about years and years of conversation. It's just that constant, just way of life of talking about. And that's why we say build bridges of digital trust, because imagine if you're a kid and you wake up one day and there's this bridge, you're like, well, where'd that come from? That's the waterfall approach. Now I want to have conversations with you about all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And you just get it all out one night. That doesn't work. But if you're a kid and like there's a brick added, uh, you know, every once in a while over the course of years, one day you wake up and there's a bridge built and it's just sort of always been there and you walk over it because that's a bridge of digital trust. And so that's, that's sort of the one brick, one drip sort of at a time. And if you're a parent of an older child and you feel like the window has passed, I want to say that it hasn't. And what I would invite you to look for is an opportunity to display a posture of humility and of forgiveness, to ask for their forgiveness, to say to a a 14 or 15-year-old son or daughter to say, wow, I've learned some things recently about technology that I didn't know. Um, Gosh, it must be really hard growing up today in a world where you have to feel constantly connected And there's this constant window into the lives of your friends that creates this constant anxiety that I never had to deal with when I was growing up. And I'm sorry I haven't appreciated that. And at the same time, I'm guessing that there are ways that I could have been a better, more understanding, less condemning parent as you have walked on this technology journey. And I'm sorry if I haven't done that for you. Going forward, is there something that I could do differently as your mom or your dad? Is there a way in which I use technology that has bothered you? Is there anything about this that you could help me with? Because I don't know all of the answers here. And come to them with that kind of humility. And maybe, maybe it opens up a doorway. Maybe it builds a bridge that just needed to be dusted off a little bit so they know that they can safely and Um, openly speak to you about things. So that's what I would say to a family or a parent who maybe is in that situation. It's never too late. That was some beautiful advice that I think someone could take today with their older child. That sounded, it's 
it was great. <laughs> I felt like if I was <laughs> your teenage child, I'd be like, oh, dad, that's okay. Let's start over. <laughs> that was good. So give us a couple other, um, I know we got to wrap this up, a couple quick things to go back to that when digital trust is high, digital friction is low. What are some concrete things oh, yeah. a parent could take away today to yep. know that their digital trust will be higher? Yeah. Or, yeah. And friction low. That's right. Yep. You got it. Inverse there. It's good. So the first one I would say is copy me. The question I want all of us to think about is, do I want them using their technology exactly like I do in all of the places where I use it as often as I use it, surfing and using and playing the game, all of it. I would love it if every parent could just embrace the idea that everything that we do online, we should be able to show a 12-year-old and they would be proud of the things that are. So that's copy me. What I want them copying me. And I think if we do that, again, persistently and consistently enough that we announce to our kids, you know, if I'm with them and I'm just scrolling, um, that often leads to kids thinking that it's okay just to be on your phone with other people. But if I announce to my sons, Colin Blake, Hey, I know I'm with you right now, but I feel like this is a text message that I should probably respond to right now. Is it okay if I do that? I want to respond to it. So I'm going to ignore you for a minute, but then I'll be right back. Is that cool? There's an accountability there for me. And it announces to them some ways in which technology can be used productively. I have to get back to them on this one thing, and that's a good use of technology. So I'm kind of accomplishing two things at once there, accountability and a use case. The second thing that I would say around digital trust is this idea of co-play. So we have copy me and then co-play. Do technology with your kids. Watch the annoying videos on YouTube with them. I know we don't understand why kids like to watch other kids unwrapping toys. I don't get it. But if I get them to the point where that's cool to do that technology with dad, then I'm building a bridge one brick at a time that next it's Fortnite. Now they'll do Fortnite with dad. And then next it's social media. They'll let me in a little bit. Maybe I can follow, but I can't comment because that would be embarrassing, but at least I can follow. Right. And that little co-play video games get humiliated by your nine-year-old son on Super Smash Brothers on the Switch, which I'm just saying hypothetically for a friend because it's never happened to me, that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's the thing that over time, I think, just tends to build trust. If they can do it with you in those places, the hope is that they'll also invite you into some of the harder places later on. That was excellent. That's exactly what I think we all needed to hear. And there was zero shame in that, Chris. <laughs> Those are very easy things we can do. I would love to have you back on here and maybe pull out a few of those topics someday in the future. I would like to end with the question we ask every guest. What is one thing helping your family stick together right now? Dinner time. We love dinner time. I grew up in a 6 p.m. don't be late or there is heck to pay house. And I resented it at the time. And I am so thankful that that discipline was built into me because I value it. And the days I'm out of town, I miss it. It's boring eating Pizza Hut in my hotel room all by myself. I want to be at home in the chaos and the nuttiness. I mean, there is very little productive happening as I'm trying to go through days of Advent right now, but we're together doing it, Jennifer. So we're trying our best and that's what counts. So <laughs> I love that. So do you guys have a set dinner time now with your own family or does it change in the seasons, I guess? 
Yeah, it's not a set time, but we eat together like nine times, 99, whatever time we eat together. It is a six person free for all, but we do it. <laughs> and you cannot replace those moments where you are sitting at the dinner table. It's, good it's amazing. Stuff. All right, Chris, please tell everyone where they can get all your amazing resources, where they can follow you, how they can also maybe get you to come to their child's school and how to find your app. Hopefully the easiest way for all that is just go to protectyoungeyes.com. At the very top, you'll see a green button that would invite you into free webinars. We do three of those every week. In the top navigation, you're going to see our app. You could tap there and go to Google Play or Apple App Store. There's a button that says presentations. Those will go to Michelle, my assistant. She'll funnel them my way. That's the spot that funnels people in all those different directions um, we're also very active on Instagram, which I think Jennifer is how we ended up crossing paths. And so that's another really effective place. So I'd say either website or Instagram, one of those two places you'll find most of what you need. Okay, Chris, one last question here for the parent who's sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I want you to come talk to my children's school. I want our principal to know about you. You can provide so many good things to our parents. What should they do right now in a time period where the school's not holding in-person presentations. What are all the things that you can do to know that you can actually reach the parents for them? Well, one thing that we do, Jennifer, is we have three free webinars that we do every week. A principal could simply say to their parents through whatever channel they normally communicate, a weekly newsletter or whatever it is, hey, parents, you want to learn more about Chromebooks or Netflix or you know, TikTok or Snapchat or whatever it is, or YouTube, just go register for a free webinar. That's super easy, right? nothing in person. We also were honored to be featured in the movie Childhood 2.0, which is available on YouTube for free, or if you're Amazon Prime, it's available there. You can watch it. Our principal could invite families to watch the movie by a certain time, and then we could have a free facilitated one-hour webinar where Q&A with me, what did you like about it? What questions do you have? That's another easy thing that I've done. Finally, we spoke a little bit about the app during our time together, both in Apple and Google Play. We have the Protect app where a school can license the app for 12 months to then send an access code to all of their parents to have basically our website right there in an app and bite-sized chunks in their pocket. For example, I currently have an entire diocese who is bought in to giving the app to their entire, you know, all of the diocesan schools for the year 2021. And I've had four or five other inquiries since that one landed a few weeks back. So those don't require any of us to get on airplanes or do anything like that. It's just right there utilizing technology to get the best information to parents as fast as possible. So those seem like really simple things we can do because it just requires a quick email and introduction to protect young eyes and hey, principal, I think that this would be a great resource that we should introduce to families in our school district or whatever. So those sound very doable and I love that. Thank you. Well, I just, I think that you have provided so many good takeaways for our audience today and Thank you for working so hard because I can see that you are fully called to this battleground and we need people in today's world to do that. Thank you for being a committed father who brings what you care about for your family to ours. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Jennifer. (laughs) 
If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, take time to gather together to grow and speak the words that matter.